0: I was told no many times everybody now that i have um been working with you and i have a wildly successful um indiegogo campaign um where i'm funded at like 100 and just about 180 percent now which is really great i everybody now is like oh my gosh how does this not exist like this is so great i can't believe it so wonderful those first several weeks possibly several months and i've just blocked it out were just constant no's constant like it seems like a good idea but it must not exist for a reason or it's a really great idea but there's just no way you're going to do it like you're busy you don't know anything about manufacturing you don't have the money because it clearly takes serious capital to develop
1: right Hey guys, welcome to uh, the Launch and Scale. If you uh, the Launch and Scale, Launch and Scale podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, please do hit the subscribe button as it helps you get notified of new content that goes out. And podcast, subscribe. Anyway, guys, this is not about me. I'm super, super stoked to talk to our guest today, Lisa Myers out of Seattle. She is one of our Launch and Scale members. Um, where if you don't know what that program is. Uh, I might just get her to talk about it, but it's our like our intensive help where we really work with you to bring your product to launch in a group setting, um, and Lisa just launched a breast milk cooler on Indiegogo a few weeks back that's doing really well, and the reason I wanted to bring Lisa onto the podcast or YouTube is not for shameless promotion, it's because something that she did behind the scenes leading up to her launch was very against what traditional methods of of building up for a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo campaign um, preach. And I think she she's done some really awesome things behind the scenes that I wanted to bring to light that were honestly the reason why she is successful and continues to be successful with this. Um, but I'm going to shut up and just like, Lisa, um, why don't you, first off, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, I'm just super, super pumped for you to be here. And it's Monday morning, so I'm halfway through my first coffee, still waking up. But in saying this, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, Can you uh, go into what your product is, um, what you do on the side, that sort of thing?
0: Okay. Uh, So if it's early for you, it's really early for me because I'm a whole three hours. (laughs) So so if you're off, I hope to not be really off. But... Um, Yeah, my name, as you said, Lisa Myers. Uh, I am founder and creator of Series Chill. It is a breast milk chilling bottle. So think swell, but for chilling breast milk. And um, it's really like nothing the world has ever seen. It's kind of been Uh, It's been a hard process, but I have to say that being part of Launch and Scale has been a huge help because it's given me a lot of perspective and focus. Um, I came up with the idea last October. I returned to work. Um, I had my son um, in July, and I had a couple short months of maternity leave, which is traditional in the United States, not so much in Canada and the rest of the world. But I came back to work. I was so impressed with myself. I had all of the parts for the pump and I got the milk and it was lined up in little tiny, adorable bottles that were very clearly breast milk along my desk. And I am the only woman in my department. Uh, I am an attorney in an international law firm and I happen to be the only woman in this particular group and the guys are great, but it's also not necessarily something you want to have sitting on your desk. So the next step was, how do I get it to the refrigerator? Do I store it next to everybody's lunch? Um, and I thought, no, there is a better way. There is definitely a better way. So I started looking for what I needed and quickly found that it did not exist, which blew my mind. Um, I worked with a couple of the friends, friends that I have in the IP department, really um, great people who uh, did searches for patents, found that there was nothing quite like it. So I was off to the races. I was told no many times. Everybody, now that I have um, been working with you and I have a wildly successful um, Indiegogo campaign um, where I'm funded at like 100 and just about 180% now, which is really great. I Everybody now is like, oh my gosh, how does this not exist? Like, this is so great. I can't believe it. So wonderful. Those first several weeks, possibly several months, and I've just blocked it out, were just constant no's. Constant, like, it seems like a good idea, but it must not exist for a reason. Or it's a really great idea, but there's just no way you're going to do it. Like, you're busy, you don't know anything about manufacturing, you don't have the money, because it clearly takes serious capital to develop. All
1: right, Hey guys, welcome to uh, the Launch and Scale. If you uh, the Launch and Scale, Launch and Scale podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, please do hit the subscribe button as it helps you get notified of new content that goes out. And podcast, subscribe. But anyway, guys, this is not about me. I'm super, super stoked to talk to our guest today, Lisa Myers out of Seattle. She is one of our Launch and Scale members. Um, where if you don't know what that program is. Uh, I might just get her to talk about it, but it's our like our intensive help where we really work with you to bring your product to launch in a group setting. Um, And Lisa just launched a breast milk cooler on Indiegogo a few weeks back that's doing really well. And the reason I wanted to bring Lisa on to the podcast or YouTube is not for shameless promotion. It's because something that she did behind the scenes leading up to her launch was very against what traditional methods of, of building up for a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo campaign um, preach. And I think she she's done some really awesome things behind the scenes that I wanted to bring to light that were honestly the reason why she is successful and continues to be successful with this. Um, but I'm gonna shut up and just like, Lisa, um, why don't you, first off, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, I'm just super, super pumped for you to be here. And it's Monday morning, so I'm halfway through my first coffee, still waking up. But in saying this, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, Can you uh, go into what your product is, um, what you do on the side, that sort of thing?
0: Okay. Uh, So if it's early for you, it's really early for me because I'm a whole three hours. (laughs) So so if you're off, I hope to not be really off. But... Um, yeah, my name, as you said, Lisa Myers. Uh, I am founder and creator of Series Chill. It is a breast milk chilling bottle. So think swell, but for chilling breast milk. And um it's really like nothing the world has ever seen. It's kind of been, Uh, it's been a hard process, but I have to say that being part of Launch and Scale has been a huge help because it's given me a lot of perspective and focus. Um, I came up with the idea last October. I returned to work. Um, I had my son um, in July and I had a couple short months of maternity leave, which is traditional in the United States, not so much in Canada and the rest of the world. But I came back to work, I was so impressed with myself. I had all of the parts for the pump and I got the milk and it was lined up in little tiny adorable bottles that were very clearly breast milk along my desk. And I am the only woman in my department. Uh, I am an attorney in an international law firm and I happen to be the only woman in this particular group. And the guys are great, but it's also not necessarily something you wanna have sitting on your desk. So the next step was, how do I get it to the refrigerator? Do I store it next to everybody's lunch? Um, and I thought, no, there is a better way. There is definitely a better way. So I started looking for what I needed and quickly found that it did not exist, which blew my mind. Um, I worked with a couple of the friends, friends that I have in the IP department, really um, great people who uh, did searches for patents, found that there was nothing quite like it. So I was off to the races. So the next step was, I was told n- no many times. Everybody, now that I have um, been working with you and I have a wildly successful um, Indiegogo campaign um, where I'm funded at like 100, and just about 180% now, which is really great. I Everybody now is like, oh my gosh, how does this not exist? Like, this is so great. I can't believe it. So wonderful. Those first several weeks, possibly several months, and I've just blocked it out, were just constant no's. Constant, like, that seems like a good idea, but it must not exist for a reason. Or it's a really great idea, but there's just no way you're going to do it. Like, you're busy, you don't know anything about manufacturing, you don't have the money, because it clearly takes serious capital to develop I mean, if you have an app, I think maybe the, the software stuff is a little bit easier to do with money and it just has to be you pouring your brilliance and time into it, which is still a commodity. But having money to develop a product and to manufacture it is um, is a lot. So it was all no's in the beginning. Um, and I was determined. My husband was supportive. I also am lucky enough to be a woman that makes her own money. And I don't have to ask a lot of permission obviously I take my family's finances into account but um, I think that we're seeing more and more products for women by women because you're seeing more and more women like myself that are encountering these problems mm-hmm. that are seeing a solution and then have the resources to act on it and then have a network of women like yourself like you have said before and you don't say it a lot but you're one of the only women in this space and um, mm of crowdfunding and um, consulting in this area. And you certainly, that's not what you lead with, but it maybe it was why you were willing to listen to me and maybe why when I listened to 10 hours of your podcast many, many months ago, what you were saying resonated with me. I'm like, oh, hey, maybe this is somebody that could help me get where I need to be. So very early on, and then I will stop talking about very early on in January, I spoke with Mike Glavin of Zen Bivy and he had launched on Kickstarter and he gave me really great advice. I think that everybody probably has a story of like one or two people very early on that had a similar experience and went through it. And he told me, you gotta start building up your audience. You have to start building up your tribe like you always say. And he said, this is the great analogy. And I use it a lot, but crowdfunding is like, a bar. You can see the beautiful signage, um, you know, down the street, you make a beeline for it. You walk in and no matter what beer they're serving, if they have your favorite drink and food and it otherwise is a great atmosphere. If there's nobody in the bar, you turn to whoever you're with and you're like, there's another bar just down the road. Let's go there. Um, because it just doesn't seem like there's any other support for sticking around. And so with crowdfunding, you have to have that trust and credibility. And so having a large group of people that appear to trust you early on is critical. So yeah, which that was, that was, I think listening to you, having that early advice. I had a crazy gangbusters opening day with my campaign where I was fully funded in um, 12 and a half hours. Who's counting? And I was an Indiegogo team favorite and like the top trending like health and beauty product, all those things. And it was really great advice. Um, that I had to get to after getting past all the no's.
1: Yeah, I think I wanna unpack the no's a little bit because when I see no's, I think A like A, you'll get people who doubt you. But then there's also the moms that you'll go speak to to kind of validate or get their um get an understanding of like who they are why they would use the product and stuff like that um can you when you went out to moms to actually started to get feedback outside of yourself validation outside of yourself just to make sure that you kind of did a gut check that you weren't the only woman on the planet that wanted this thing like what was the response like with women around your product was it still fairly negative or was it positive 100%
0: one hundred percent positive. So okay. I think the mistake i I made early on was speaking to professionals who didn't necessarily they, that weren't facing the same challenges I was. So um, a lot of guys that I turned to for um, you know, um, advice on cases I'm working on or business people, um, or there were a few women that I was friends with, but, we're not in the whole terrible weeds of breastfeeding and going back to work and all of that. So every mom I spoke to, and I have to say other great advice I got was, if you have an idea, you have to start sharing it. So there's a lot of this like, I'm really worried somebody's gonna knock me off, I'm really worried somebody's gonna get there first, like I have to keep it a secret. And um, great advice that I received is, it's not gonna ever be anything. And you're really never going to go anywhere unless you start talking about it, unless you start engaging people, getting feedback, getting ideas, improving on the concept. And so I think what gave me the confidence to start doing that is I filed my own provisional patent, which I would say, and this is not legal advice, this is unofficial <laughs> awesome podcast with you, yes. but just about anybody could do. Um, you can find examples on um, the internet, the provisional patent piece is where if you want to just protect your idea and start getting out there, you can do that. It's the patent. It's the it's the real deal. Moving forward with your patent, where I think that having great legal advice is um, is there's there's no, there's nothing else you can do except get really solid legal advice and somebody supporting you. Certainly, you have to have a great foundation in your provisional patent and not screw that up. But yeah. I filed a provisional patent. Um, I was off to the races and I started talking to anyone that would listen to me and every single mom I spoke to was like, Oh my God, how does this, how is this not part of my life right now? I can't believe I'm done. I'm done with breastfeeding. I feel like so many moms and this is hilarious, but I think it's a test testimony to the, my awesome product have said, I might just have another kid. <laughs> I might just have another kid just so I can use this because this would make it so much easier. So, um. Yeah, speaking to other moms is what certainly has kept me going and having their support and um, constantly realizing the ways it has improved my own life has been huge.
1: And you bring up a really good point where people, certain founders may be like, okay, so I have a product and now I have to validate my product, so I'm just gonna go talk to my mom and my friends and see what they think about the product. Um, You got really negative feedback by going to the wrong people who didn't understand the core problem and so that means that you, you have to be very aware of who your person is and be sure that you're getting real feedback from those people you would call your customers, like the breastfeeding moms versus the corporate lawyers. Right. Right, because you see the difference in feedback, like the corporate lawyers like, oh, that's dumb, or that's too capital intensive, or I don't see a market. It's because they just don't, they're not your person. So just being careful of who you really seek feedback from on the product level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and um, something that I've learned through the Launch and Scale program is really getting deep into who your avatar is. Um, I didn't know what that word meant before. I was such (laughs) a person to this, but yeah, knowing who you are trying to sell to because once you get into it and once you're developing your product and you're looking at it so intensely every day, you're completely blind to so many of the aspects that you need to be covering, whether it's through your advertising or your messaging or um, your price point or any of those aspects. And so doing that foundational work um, through Launch and Scale was a really, that was fundamental, that was, it's the fundamentals and it was truly that.
1: Yeah. Cause that, like you use that to build your video, build your page, build your message. Like it, everything kind of spawns from that, right?
0: Yeah. And if you get that wrong, you're just wasting a ton of money and time. Yeah.
1: Um, So on the financing part, did you do this totally bootstrapped or did you have an investor?
0: No, totally bootstrapped. So several investors approached me. I did not go looking for, venture capital or um, any sort of angel investors, it still might be something that I consider. But so far I have funded the first run of manufacturing on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a little bit of debt that I'm working on, of course, but um, no, there were no outside investors. It was totally 100% my Indiegogo campaign and then whatever money I could scrape together otherwise.
1: Awesome. So I'm gonna give some context for people that don't know how pricing and hiring people and audience building and how that thing works so that our next topic, you guys kind of appreciate it for what it is. Um, So Lisa mentioned before how it's, your success with crowdfunding is, and even like even launching a restaurant if you wanna go there, is about your ability to bring people in and prove that it's a product that people want. So the first day is so important, like if you, your whole success on Indiegogo or Kickstarter campaign depends on your ability to show that platform you're a popular project. So you have to rank on their site. And the only way you could do that is by having a tribe of people that come in and support you on that first day from your own audience. And so if you're a first time founder, you may, not under- you may not know where you're gonna find that audience. So there's a couple of ways depending on your budget. Um, it really comes down to like, you know, if your goal is a hundred thousand, you need to bring in thirty percent of that in the first day. So the question is, okay, how big of a tribe do you have to build to be able to bring in thirty thousand dollars on that first day? And so you could do this through paid methods like Facebook advertising. You can do it through friends and family. You can have a bunch of influencers posting about you. Um, dump in your own money, which I don't recommend. Um, but it comes down to like uh, a money and resource game. So a lot of companies, what they'll do is they'll literally say, okay, well, if I need $30,000, I need to spend 25 grand on Facebook ads. And that to a lot of founders seems super risky because you're paying for leads, you're not paying for actual customers. So it's like a bit of a risky game, a lot of upfront capital. Um, And I find that a lot of founders, because they look at the price tag or they don't know the price tag, they like really butcher the audience building and they go and they launch and they're like why do I have one customer in 50 days or whatever like it's so bad. And so um, I think Lisa with you I'm not 100% sure if we did this but I think early on we looked at your numbers and I was like okay if you did this ad spend only you have to spend like I don't know 15,000 on your end considering you're a bootstrap founder I assume you were like fuck that let's look <laughs> at another way. So That's one of the things I love that Lisa's done really well is as a bootstrap founder, she didn't have thousands and thousands of dollars to play with because a lot of that had to go into manufacturing and product development. So um, I want to talk about what she did really well, which is curate her friends and family network to help her have a really strong day one. So um, I guess Lisa, any comments or do you want to speak to what I I just went over with like the typical methods and just like the yeah. perspective. Yeah.
0: You're 100% correct that it is an intimidating initial spend. And, um, some people have that resource. They have the money or they have a, um, a working knowledge of Facebook ads already and they know they can be really effective and get leads that way. Um, I didn't do a bad job with that, I don't think. I, um, I worked really hard at it. Um, I had really effective Facebook and Instagram ads. My challenge um, is around my product largely because it is a mom product. Um, mom and children products are typically not products you see in crowdfunding, partly because it's a largely guy, techie, kind of the new sharper image type Um, world and um, for moms and parents, the timing is so critical and crowdfunding usually requires you have several months before you deliver a product. So I needed to have my product manufactured by the time the campaign ended, which meant I needed all the money up front. That is scary and daunting, especially when you're talking about spending thousands upon thousands of dollars in Facebook ads. So I knew I had to do it a different way. And listening to everything that I learned in Launch and Scale, I'm like, oh, this is just like political campaigns. Like I've run I've run campaigns, I know how to do this. This is call time. This is getting the candidate on the phone, sending out the email, certainly, but not just an email. Like you have to, you have to touch people and make sure they remember what it is about you that they believe in and um, why they wanna see you do great things. So for me, it was, it was partly who I was and the product itself. So I believe in the product. I um, could go on and on and on about the social injustices of breastfeeding. Um, I won't do that, but with the people I was reaching out to, I did. I, I was very careful about the way I spoke to my friends Um, my past uh, political colleagues, um, elected officials that I'd worked with, um, judges that I clerked for, really incredible human beings out in the world. And I'm not saying that people have to have that sort of a base or a background to be able to do this, because really, it's just being able to make the genuine ask of people who already care about you and trust you. And I sucked at that before. I was good at um, being a campaign manager and managing somebody else doing that. Mm -hmm. I was not good about that in my own life. And I have to say that this experience, like bringing this product to market, has been the best thing to happen to me in my life, no matter what happens with the bottle, because all of these people came out of the woodwork. People who would overhear me in conversations, people who I had been casual friends with um, for months or years, said, "Oh my gosh, I can help you set up the website. Like, I'm, I'm a, you know, a graphic designer. I can help you with this aspect. Like, you know, IP attorneys that are like, let me help you uh, make sure you uh, copyright your intellectual property correctly." And so. What I've realized is that people want to help you. They can't help you if they can't identify a way in which they can help you. And I love, I've loved helping them. And the only way that happens is if you make the ask or if you show up in a way that presents them with an opportunity to really make a difference. And so that's what I did with my first day is I looked at it like a political campaign You fundraise up to election day and I treated it almost as the fundraising effort for like the big pinnacle fundraiser of the campaign season as well as election day that um, I know that you've said you've worked with some founders that didn't realize the importance of the first day that knew they had to do well. But um, maybe we're otherwise distracted um, or engaged. And I have a very busy life. I have two little kids. Um, I have a um, a successful legal practice. I'm really lucky for all of the things that keep me insanely busy in my life. But I knew that that first day and the two days really after were everything because. I needed to speak with the people that were important in my life and I needed them to understand what I was trying to accomplish and how important the first day was. Because it's just like a campaign in that everybody thinks their vote doesn't mean something. Um, and then you get an elected official that you really can't bear in office and you're like, how did this happen? And it's like, well, you and that you care about and respect didn't bother to vote. So that's what happened. I mean, that is what happened. And so I had to talk with a lot of my friends and say, "You, I look successful and maybe it feels to you like I'll be successful. But if you don't buy a bottle on the first day, if you don't support me, I won't be. I am telling you, I'm looking you in the eye and I am telling you I will not succeed and I need your help. So please help me. Um, and I think when you, when you do that and you treat those first three days, I mean, I, I literally went to some people that I have the greatest respect for in the world. And I said to them, listen, I probably won't be running for office. And I know that you have been there for me before. This is your one chance. This is your chance to change my life. Like this is it. I will not ask you again. I am asking you now, like, this is when it matters. This is when it means the most. Um, You have an opportunity to change things for a lot of women and you have an opportunity to show up for me. I need you to do it at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, (laughs) July 25th, and then I need you to do the following things. And, And I made it clear, and as you said, a lot of people aren't familiar with crowdfunding, lay all the steps out make sure people understand exactly precisely the steps they need to take to make a difference and then communicate that they're capable of making that difference for you. So that was a long answer to your question, but no, it was my political experience for sure.
1: That's great. And even people, the difference between what you did cause I would go and dig in a bit more to how you enrolled activity out of your friends and like family, but um asking for support doesn't mean waiting until the first day and then using green inbox or another like whatever just to like blitz all your friends with messages. Hey, support me. Thank you. Bye. Like it's not about that. It's about having a good pre-launch, like a lead up and giving people notice so that they can understand your product so they see how much you're putting into it. So Lisa, can you tell me a bit more about how you actually put it together? Like what kind of the average person, what kind of notice did you give them and can you walk me through the communication steps? Like a week before you did this and a day before you did that? Like
0: Yeah. So, um I launched July 25th. Uh I I had the idea October of 2018. I spoke with Mike Glavin um, of Zen uh, January of 2019, as well as other amazing people, um, Paul Fish, Mountain Gear, all these incredible people that have helped me along the way. Um, but all pretty much in January, I realized I needed to start acting. I sent out an email to friends and an email to family and my friends was, um, different professional contacts as well as close friends, a few moms and family was family plus people who are like family. And it was, I'm doing this amazing thing, here is the um, the drawing and it is an adorable drawing of my product that I filed with my provisional patent. Um, saying, I filed my provisional patent, this is what I plan on doing, I'm launching in, I think I even had the audacity to say I was launching in April in that email, and I need you to help me along the way, I need your advice, I'd love your feedback, Um, I need your ideas, you've been an incredible resource to me in the past, um, and I'm gonna be calling on you to make sure that um, I'm doing all the right things leading up to this, not an ask for money, But hey, just alerting them to the fact, and I got no response from many people that I thought I would get a response from. And then other people like came out of the woodwork and they're like, wait, what are you doing? Like what, like phone calls from people I hadn't spoken to in years. Like, did you, are you saying this is yours? Like this, like explain more. And so um, that was January. And then I listened to your podcast for 10 hours straight on a, on a drive I had um, to a courthouse in rural Oregon. And I decided to call you and I'll never forget that first call. And you asked me a bunch of questions I didn't have the answer to. Uh, but you saw something in the product or in me or both. I'm not sure which, and, um, you accepted me into the program, which was awesome. And from there I started doing the steps, like figuring out my avatar, building my audience. And I would send an email, not on the schedule that you would recommend, much more sporadically. Mm-hmm. Um, every month to six weeks, mm-hmm. um, send an email saying, hey, this is how far I've gotten. This is what I'm planning on doing. And then in the, I really got with the program, so to speak, Kirsten, uh, or Kirsten in like, I would say a month before the launch is when I got really disciplined about reaching out to the network I had built up. And I was crafting very personal, targeted emails to the incredible people in my life where I said, listen, I know this part of social injustice really irks you. And my product addresses that. And I know that you won't stand by and let this to continue to happen when you have an opportunity to support me and make a difference. So um, it was very personalized, targeted messages to close supporters in the weeks leading up. Okay. And the first one starting seven months before.
1: Okay, and when you say, please support me, what did that call to action look like? Because a month out, you're like, I'm launching in a month, I need your support. Is it, can I count on you? Is it how many bottles are you buying? Is it like...
0: So, yeah. So, I would say that I really sucked as a candidate at that. So, that is the much better ask is I need you to contribute at least $1,000. If you're doing call time with a candidate and they don't have a specific ask for the donor on the phone, you're not doing your job and the candidate's not doing their job. I was much more gray about it. Um, I, what I said was my goal on the first day is $15,000. Um, so I let them know the overall universe size. Um, so they understood that it had to be a significant contribution. And then I think I, I, I'd have to look. It was not a good monetary ask but i ended up asking a few for a specific amount um like you know a thousand dollars um but no i did not do a good job of how many bottles can i count on you for
1: no well that's that's okay so you go from the one month before to uh touch base with them again and then what happened between the month before and the day you launch
0: so following up with emails um a few phone calls mostly emails and then many texts um and then the morning of um and and lots of anyone i was in front of of course Mm -hmm. like speaking to them like hey i might have mentioned to you (laughs) that's all i think about these days uh i'm launching and they're like yeah i know seven o'clock we get it lisa and then at six 30 a.m. my time, um, so 9.30 a.m. Eastern, I sent out a text to all of my close friends and said, it's it's time, it's here, and then my family, and this is where I game the system a little bit, I'm just gonna be upfront with everybody, um, you had said it, and going back to um, Glavin's advice, nobody likes to be the first, so I told my husband, my mom, <laughs> <laughs> and my dad and my brother, you need to buy one of everything as soon as it starts. Everybody buys one of everything. So every perk that was out there, you all need to buy one. And they did. And so I think that kind of broke the ice. And then mm-hmm. it was a flood of contributions after that.
1: Yeah. And just a little side note for people that are like, oh great, so I can just dump in my own money. Um, the difference between what Lisa did versus other people is if you just dump in your own money without doing the legwork to validate who your customer is and why they're buying your product, then whatever, pa- whatever you have in your video and your page is not going to resonate with your customer. And so your... $1,000 or 5K that you put in yourself, it's not gonna matter because new people who come to your page will be like, what is the, I don't understand what this is, I don't want it. But the difference in why it worked for Lisa is because you had a really strong pulse on what your customer wanted and you presented your product in a way that resonated with your target buyer. So that's why that worked. I, so. I tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? I, it worked, it you, hit, you hit your goal in 12 hours. Yeah. Um, what I'm wondering about is when you, it was like the month leading up to it, it you did several, several reminder texts, several, Hey, just make sure you're on board for this. Um, did you, I guess of the, did you have any did you only do reminders like i need your help i need your help or did you do updates as well to these people yeah like just keep the content less about a pitch and more about just keeping you on the radar for this
0: absolutely um updates uh not about a pitch um and one of my favorite ones was the um, crowdfunding explanation one because you know asking a bunch of moms to donate or like my Um, you know, old time political colleagues uh, that aren't necessarily that current with all the crowdfunding the kids are doing these days. Um, I sent out an email and I had been lucky enough to buy a Sondors bike five years ago from Indiegogo. And it's this awesome um, electric assist bike, um, helps me with the hills on my commute to the boat every morning because I take the ferry to work. And I was like what if, what better way to tell people that crowdfunding works and it's actually a good thing. I got this bike for hundreds of dollars less than it sells for now and five years later it still puts a smile on my face. So I had my husband take a goofy picture of me riding the bike straight at him down our little um, dirt driveway and I included that with the like the update I don't know two weeks out from the campaign saying, hey, this is how crowdfunding works. You get this awesome discount on really incredible products. You help support something, bring it to life. Um, It's just like a purchase and that you use a credit card, blah, blah, blah. And here's a picture of me, look how happy I am. This could be you, this could be you. So um, it was updates and practical content about how to actually be a supporter and a backer.
1: Oh, I I really, really love that. Um, And then leading, I'm curious, like. Why did you choose Indiegogo over Kickstarter? Because I know you struggle with that decision.
0: Yeah. Um, I It was an easy choice for me, ultimately. Um, everybody speaks about Kickstarter. It made me a little nervous that people were like, say that again, like Indie who? Um, and I said, Indiegogo, it's just like Kickstarter, um, similar platform, but a couple of key differences. Um No knock on Kickstarter. They do what they do really well, but Indiegogo does a few things better that worked for me. One of them was they sell to more countries than Kickstarter does. They're kind of, they're basically worldwide, whereas Kickstarter has chosen, I think it's seven or nine now, and it's the big ones. Mm -hmm. So that encompasses a large market, but Indiegogo was worldwide. They also allow charitable contributions, and Kickstarter does not. Kickstarter, under no circumstances, are you to at all accept funds that are going directly toward some sort of uh, charitable contribution. And I felt very strongly that a major component of my campaign would be to offer backers the ability to contribute something really meaningful to a um, nonprofit organization. I chose Breastfeeding and Combat Boots, mom to mom Global, they're an incredible organization. Um, and so a lot of the guys uh, that wanted to support me and wanted to see me succeed but had no use for a breastfeeding yeah. Yeah, product, they and no need to give it as a gift. They really jumped on the opportunity to make sure women who were actively serving in the military or women who were stationed abroad um, with their spouses that were serving had such an incredible tool to meet a really important goal for their family. So that was um, a big reason why I chose Indiegogo. Plus, they were a lot more hands-on with me. They are have been a lot more accessible. Kickstarter is enormous and amazing and They do their own thing, and they do it really well, and they don't need to bother with the likes of me. But Indiegogo um, took the time to answer a lot of questions early on, advise me about the sort of tribe I needed to be cultivating, and then um, pay attention when I was a wild success on the first day.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Well, now that you've done a Kickstarter, or sorry, wow, Indiegogo campaign for this product, um... Do you think you will do another crowdfunding campaign in the future if you have one that, like a product that suits this sort of model? Yeah,
0: I, it has been um, an exhausting process, but I think one of the huge advantages to crowdfunding that is overlooked is that it um, helps you to, it creates a hyper-focus and a really awesome timeline. And if you are hitting your goals leading up to a crowdfunding campaign, you I feel like you're in a great position to scale after that. Um, because I think it's really easy for founders to get bogged down in um, the costs or the stresses of everyday life or any one of a million things that pull you in different directions in your life. And a crowdfunding campaign and having that date on a calendar and that goal just pushes you forward in a way that I don't think anything else could. So yeah, the money is nice. And I'm really glad I was able to communicate with my friends and family and build up this insane, awesome community around me. I will be forever grateful for that, but also getting me in a position where I know I'm gonna be a successful company moving forward. I mean, the first, the bottles land um, middle of October. um, And so, and then I, well, some of them, to go out to Indiegogo supporters um, end of September, then October, and then we're off to the races. So, uh, and I wouldn't have had that. I, I don't think I would be anywhere close to that had it not been launch and scale program and this crowdfunding date to get me
1: in gear for it. No, that makes sense. Um, one thing I do wanna talk about actually, cause it's a, it's a sore spot for founders is how do you manage this around life? Um, so I'd like to break it into two sections. First off, how did you manage a strong pre-launch while being a full-time mom and a full-time attorney? Um, just talking a little bit about the team you had behind you and when you fit in the time to do this. That's a great question.
0: You, you mentioned before, like what questions, um, you know, would be good to go over. And I thought of this one earlier and My answer is you just do it. Because I thought about it leading up to this interview. I've thought about all the incredible people you've had on your show and the perspectives you've gotten. And my answer is that you just do it. Because I was a coxswain for the men's crew team in college. And I have had so many people say, that's insane. Don't you guys get up at five in the morning? Like, what, what were you doing? Like, How did you manage it all? And the answer any rower would tell you. You is you just do it. Like you just, the alarm goes off and somehow you drag yourself out of bed in a zombie like state and you're suddenly on the water and it's incredible. And then you just go to class and then you just do the work. And this is the exact same way. There is no secret. There is no, um, great coffee recipe that I can give or, oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or like list um i'm not a super i i am fairly organized and i am disciplined and i'm driven and i gave up a lot of sleep um i was sick a fair amount my husband would say that i um sacrificed a lot of fun but for me this has been an incredible experience and there have been such amazing highs um to compensate for the really hard lows um and so you just The answer is you just plain do it, that you will make it work. I mean, my son is now one, my daughter is five. Um, She had um, seizures last fall, like randomly out of the clear blue sky and she's fine now. Um, I am lucky to have a supportive husband. Um, I am lucky to have a um, really awesome job um, and I can use a bit of my income, but I really think that anybody can do it. I do not think that I'm special. I I don't at all. I think I had a really special idea and Mm -hmm. I'm 100% committed to it, but I don't think I'm special and I don't have a special secret. You just dig in.
1: Yeah. Um, You did have an intern that was helping you for some (laughs) lower level stuff. Yes. Um, so that's true so i have no staff i have no staff
0: i would say the one thing um one of my greatest weaknesses is like you've said a lot of founders try to do it all and i think there are probably a lot of things i could have done better um and a lot of ways that i'm going to need to change to be successful going forward but i did find a phenomenal intern first intern failed in a couple days few hours i can't be sure because she just like fell off the face of the earth Second intern, um, who's now really the director of marketing for Series Chill, Um, Ginger Hamlin, is such a phenomenal human being. She is a military spouse stationed with her husband um, in Texas. So we are working remotely, but um, just an incredible person. And then um, one of my great friends, um, one of my great commuting friends, um, Abigail Hamilton, has um, stood by me through the whole thing. She put the website together in the beginning. She helped me come up with my amazing Mama Archer Mark. So it was drawing on the resources that were all around me that I had no idea about, and then reaching out and finding an intern who became like a passionate supporter and now employee. But yeah, it was it was just me going it on my own and not sleeping for the first I don't know, eight months, nine months, 10 months.
1: (laughs) time has no meaning anymore. (laughs) It's just some X by months. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, And then around the campaign itself, um, I see, and you didn't make this mistake, but um, actually no, before I say that, I take that back, but I see a lot of people kind of launch and they go to work and they're like, why aren't my numbers hitting (laughs) or like happening? So um, can you tell me about the first three days in your campaign, were you working? Did you take time off? If you were working, how you structured it?
0: So I never take vacation, which is a bad um, human habit. Mm -hmm. I took vacation for this. I was, I made it very clear. I never X off any days on my schedule. There's always an opportunity to show up in court or to um, help a client. And those days I, I just said no to anyone that needed to hear no and I had a court hearing in the middle of the state. I decided I was gonna go to the court hearing and then just keep driving to my parents' house in Spokane, Washington, and my mom was gonna look after the kids, and I hunkered down, and I woke up at 3 a.m. that morning, and I was ready to go, and I just started like putting all the pieces in place. Um, As you advised, I had um, emails like pre-set up, I had my texts to all of my friends ready to go. And I have to say, that's like a random little tip I would give, I had a very cool thread of like 15 of my greatest friends, like one of those crazy group texts that you send out for a party or something and then too many people are responding and you're like, oh no, please stop responding to all, like just respond to me separately. Yeah. Yeah. But this was cool, this was really cool and I would recommend it to anybody that's launching I had this group and I'm like, okay, now's the time you if you ever loved me, please you have to support me now. Like this is it's in this minute. Like please drop everything and help me. And it was all of these um, moms and friends like guys and girls saying i just backed it oh my god i can't believe you're at 5000 already lisa you're killing it ah it's blowing up like and so it was people watching all day and it really helped keep me going and it was reassuring to know that they had supported me and so and they were part of it you know it was really like this kind of like side team that i had going and this great group of people cheering me on
1: like yeah. true inner circle textile. Yeah. I like yeah. it. So yeah. you, cause I know you eventually went back to work. Um, but you <laughs> took what, like the first two, three, four days off. Like,
0: so it was, I had wanted to lunch on a Tuesday because Tuesdays are supposedly the magic days, um, in crowdfunding. It's when, People come back on Monday and they try to get back to work. On Tuesday, they're screwing around on the internet and they're like, oh sure, I'll just donate to a random crowdfunding campaign. But supposedly any day after that except Friday is a good day to launch. So I launched on Thursday. Um, I took off Wednesday to, um, so that's what it was, is I had a hearing on Tuesday. Wednesday I was up at 3 a.m. just freaking out.
1: Thursday I was
0: up at 3 a.m. like prepping. And then Friday, it was just following up with everyone that I saw had not contributed, people that I thought had more to give, um, people who could reach out to others, Um, the group of strangers that had come together around me. I forgot about the strangers that, and not strangers, (laughs) but really incredible moms that had been there for weeks or months saying, oh my gosh, I need this. I'm looking forward to supporting you and reaching out to them again letting them know there was an opportunity to buy the bottle at a discount. And then I went back to work on Monday. So I had Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, I launched Thursday. Then I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I went back to work on Monday.
1: But I think that's so important because if people, I've seen people launch and then go to conferences. I've seen people launch and go to work and they the, what you don't get about the first three days is you've spent months building up to the day one and you do that right. But if you aren't available full time for at least the first three days, like the things that you need to be doing at that point is pushing a boulder up a hill. So you need to be there to pitch, press, follow up with everyone, continue to message your whole network. Um, And that's the stuff that really gets you funded and then just pushes over the hill that I think some people... Um, really miss the mark on their numbers because they're not there to really drive the momentum. So, And if
0: you're doing what I was doing, if you're trying to have that big day in the way I was by drawing on the people that were personally committed to me and to the bottle, the product, um, there is no, you can't farm that out. You can't pay anybody enough money to make that work. There is, No expert out there or amazing administrative assistant that is going to execute on that in the way that only you can. So that's what I would say is maybe if you've just got this like base of 30,000 emails and your product is, you know, something phenomenal that's going to change the lives of every single person in the world, well, then yeah who cares about you. Like just let them know they can get it for like 45% off and I guess they're in. But yeah. I don't all of us have that luxury. Um and so yeah, for me it had to be me making those calls and it had to be me paying attention and staying on top of it.
1: For sure. Awesome. So is there anything I should have asked you that I did not?
0: Ah, uh, I love this question at the end, and I should have been better prepared for it. But you always ask such great questions, so oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Um. You didn't ask me about the impact of launch and scale because you didn't want it to be this like launch and scale infomercial. But please
1: I be my guest. She's to. she. This is not a paid for <laughs> testimonial, by the way. So whatever you say is is whatever you say.
0: So okay, uh, yeah. The community that you've put together, um, similar to the community that I found has been life-changing. It's diverse products from people all over the world trying to do really incredible things. I don't know that you are trying to specifically change the world yourself by, you know, making sure these products are successful, but you have chosen people that are really passionate about what they're developing. There's nobody that's just showing up to like hawk some stuff to, um, to, uh, the public, um, no snake oil, um, all really, really cool, um, inventions. Um, I'm thinking of like Cerise's water bottle and like the somersault towel, like thrive and somersault. And then, um, at like Lucy added, like there's so many, mm-hmm. but like, products that help kids that need to use sign language, like products that help people who are looking for a healthier way to live. And the ideas you get from these incredible, passionate founders and the encouragement because you will inevitably doubt yourself and your product and wonder if you have put your family's financial life at risk for nothing. Um, those moments are coming, and the launch and scale program has given me um, perspective and endurance. Um, you always say it's you know it's not a sprint, um, but in some ways it's it's also not a marathon. It's just this like crazy existence where, as I said, time has less and less meaning, and um, everything is like either a celebration or a crisis. And being prepared for what's coming at you. And going through it with other people who are in the same, who are facing the same challenges is, I think has been critical to my success and I am very grateful for it. And, um, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride, um, and a fun life up to this point. And I'm really excited about what lies ahead of me and I would not have been here Um, without so many people and certainly without launch and scale. So yeah, that's the question that you didn't ask me and I just had to ask it of myself. So.
1: And that was yours too. Whatever. Yeah. I gotta get better. Like the shameless promotion. I know guys, guys Uh, do it all the time. Kirsten guys do do it all the time. I know, I know. We need to be better, but we can at least promote each other. We can do that. hundred percent. I just like making my students look good. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Launch and Scale is a by-application only program because we need to make sure that you, as a founder, are committed and you have a great product. Um, Why? Because I don't want people in the community with products that are not going to sell because it just wastes everyone's time. Um, Time and money. So that being said, if you do have a product that you think is like Lisa's, a game changer, and you're having a hard time just getting endurance, as you say, or getting this in front of enough people, you can go and apply by going to kirsten.com slash launch. Uh, there's a bit of information there, fill out an application, you can book a call with myself or the team. Um, if you don't know how to spell my name, it's K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N dot um, com slash launch. So that's my shameless plug. Um, for Pe- for moms that are listening or people that need a breast milk cooler, where can they go find out more information about Sirius Chill and how to get it?
0: Okay. Yeah, so Sirius Chill, it's super simple. It's the name, um, and it's the goddess of um, motherly agility. relationships. Yeah, so it's yeah. C as in cat, dot com. Um, you can find out everything you need to know there. We will be selling bottles directly. Um, and it is a game changer. It is, it, the coolers that are out there now are a pathetic excuse for um, supporting a mom that is trying to return to work and continue breastfeeding. Um, I don't know how it hasn't existed up to this point, but I am happy to be the one to bring it to moms because it's amazing,
1: it's amazing it is and uh, guys all links will be in the description so you can just grab that link or again serieschill.com. Uh you can access the show notes at the website too our website kirsten.com but anyway that's enough links to throw at you for today uh, Lisa this has been awesome so thanks for coming on the show yeah okay, thanks for having me whatever, so.
0: it's like a dream it's like a dream to be here with you right now this is fantastic
1: it's great you're like the podcast I started listening to months ago and now here I am but yeah Good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I will talk to you soon.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Kirsten.
1: Bye. i awkwardly stop this. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like The Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.